Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Joining me on the line is Sinn Féin President Mary Lou MacDonald. Good afternoon to you, Mary. How are you? Not a good day today, is it really, I suppose, for the electors? I mean, look, I mean, they're, they're now calling it Fianna Gael instead of Fianna Gael. And, you know, I know I watched your video there the, uh, last night and I know you're deeply disappointed that democracy really hasn't come true. Clearly, you believe democracy hasn't been served with only 51% of the population probably happy in relation to this. But, I mean, there's an argument there that you didn't do enough, Mary, to stop it from happening. Well, look, I am disappointed in that we got a very strong mandate from the electorate to get into government and to lead a government of change. And I'm disappointed that wasn't possible. Don't accept that we we didn't do enough. I mean, on the day of the election count, as the votes literally were physically being counted, I began reaching out to other parties. And we've continued, Neil, to speak to people up until, I mean, literally last week. And we are still, our door is still open in the event that something changes, the circumstances change. But, but change. you, but, yeah, but, Mary, but Mary, last night you referred to the political establishment and you used those words quite a lot, right? Constantly yeah. you use those words. But you seem to ignore the fact that the Social Democrats and people before profit and all those people who wouldn't do business with you either um, are all part of that political establishment as well. Well, the, the other parties that you mentioned did do business with us. I mean, just be very clear in your listeners, just so as everybody has the facts, we met with everybody who would meet with us. Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael decided from the get-go that they would come together, that they would join forces to keep Sinn Féin, and more importantly, to keep any change out. That has been their objective. But they That's watched you do that they, first. That was their strategy, Mary. They watched you do that first. From the day after the election, you know, you contacted the party leaders across the board. You yes. know, you had Pierce as the negotiator, I know, and a good man too to have there at the helm. But they watched you do that and fail. And then they did exactly the same thing. And we see the, result, the end result of that. They've succeeded. So they wa- well, that was their strategy to watch you do well, it. Well, look, Look, whatever people's views, one way or the other, about different party strategies, let me let me just say very clearly what our position is. I don't imagine for a second that we have some special God-given right to be in government. That's not true. We have a very strong mandate, and I have a duty to deliver on housing, on health, and all of the things that matter to people. But what actually happened here um, is not so much that like-minded parties came together, what, what happened here is uh, an extraordinary thing in Irish political life. They came together specifically and deliberately to keep us out. Specifically and deliberately. And I don't know about you, but I think it is problematic in a democracy when establishment, and they are the establishment parties, decide that they know better than the electorate. They know better than the over half a million people who voted and elected Sinn Féin candidates. And they decide that in fact we are not going to hear that voice. We're not even going to talk to that voice because we are so desperate to keep power, to keep influence, to keep decision-making to ourselves. These are the two parties, bear in mind, who for almost a century between them have ruled the roost and who who have run the show here. And I have always known that they weren't going to come out of that corner or give that up very, very easily. And I think the turn of events since the election reflects two things. Number one, 
that the the sentiment for change and for a new government is still very very strong. Nobody should make any mistakes. Well, the, about well, that. the Ipsos and, MRBI and poll this morning together, shows they came together in response to that because really okay. that's what, what else were they going to do I, I mean look I, I know you would have been prepared for a second election and, and maybe Leo might have been after the Ipsos MRBI poll show that Sinn Féin at 25% Fine Gael is up exponentially and personal satisfaction yep. Leo has shot up obviously during COVID-19 so maybe he might have preferred a second election um, would you have preferred a second election I just don't think, it's not really a question of what what, what I, I or anybody else would have preferred, I just don't think a second election is on now um, given that we're in in the grip of a global pandemic, well, if we can go to pennies, we can go to it. We can vote at a polling station. I'm sure we could have worked it out. You, well, do you know what I mean? We can, well, just 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 be careful what we what we wish or I mean. Elections and campaigns are all about up close and personal with the electorate. It's not just the casting of the votes; it's the counting of the votes. It's how would you canvass? How do you go out and have? conversations with people on their doorstep in in these circumstances but, I think that's difficult and problematic but if there's but is that but is this not hurting you at, at a personal level sorry Mary for interrupting yeah. you but does this not eat you up at the core that Sinn Féin voters out there believe I know I don't personally believe it, but some of them and I've seen some of the comments online that you bowed out too quickly that you've kind of that Sinn Féin have let them down because look they voted for you in their droves yeah. they voted for you this is not democracy is what they're saying and they kind of feel a little bit let down that maybe you and Pierce didn't fight hard enough. Well, we, we fought hard. We fought very, very hard. And I, I, I'm disappointed too. And I know because people have been in, in huge numbers in touch with me and with Pierce and with others to say that they're disappointed, to say that they're angry. And all of that is legitimate. But I would just say to everybody concerned, whatever about being fed up now, please don't give up. We don't want people to just bow bow out of, of change now. I mean, this is not what has happened. It has been disgraceful, quite frankly, and um, unfair. But we will bounce back for, from this. And all of the issues that we discussed in the election, the need for our younger people to have a chance to own their own home, the fact that renters have to be able to pay their rent, that people have to be able to meet their bills, that we want decent work for people, that we need proper investment in our health service. I haven't given up on any of that, any of that at all. And we will fight our corner and we will represent those people who voted for us and those who did not. We will represent everybody who knows that we have to do things better and we need a radical change in policy. And I look mm-hmm. to the, the programme for government that was published yesterday and to say that it's underwhelming and a disappointment is the understatement of the year on housing, on class sizes in our in our primary and secondary schools, and in terms of health care itself. I mean, it is literally a recipe for more of the same. It's huge. But there's even there's even suggestions of austerity this morning now as well. But Absolutely. I mean, uh, okay. Yeah. But do you think Sinn Fein are learning anything from the public's view of their policy? I mean, was it a missed opportunity in some sense? Because I don't see people, although they, well, I know they shouldn't be out on the streets, but they have been out in the streets recently for other things as well. But I don't see people out on the streets demanding that change now. I don't see, you know, as we did with the water protest, those Sinn Fein voters, um, twenty five percent of the population. Who went out there and voted for you. I don't, yeah. and certainly according to the Ipsos MRB poll, MRB poll this morning at 25%, I don't see them out there demanding that change. So, so why is well, there I, no I, appetite I, for that? Is it something to do with maybe your own policies? Maybe you missed an opportunity, did you? 
Well, look, I, I think, again, I think, you know, you'd be asking a lot to say, well, why, why aren't people out uh, on the streets? I mean, bearing in mind that when the Debenhams workers came out on the, the streets, they were criticised in some quarters for even standing up. Oh, standing they, their, their names taken, for God's sake, yeah. Jobs, you know? yeah. So, but don't, don't underestimate, don't make the mistake of thinking that the same appetite for for change and for good politics and for a decent government that that has gone it hasn't gone away that is still very very but I don't see alive. them but I but this is the most important issue to affect our country now I know there's other world issues going on at the moment and I appreciate that and people have been out on the streets for that I mean we've seen mass protests there uh, the week before last but if people really believe this was a massive issue in our country which it should be by the way because I think it's undemocratic and I think most people agree with you on that why aren't they out there why aren't they saying something why aren't they standing up for it I mean why I mean, you know, I don't know if Sinn Féin will get this opportunity again. This is the problem, isn't it? Well, we have to we have to be sure that uh, the opportunity uh, for change and for a good government, a government of the people, is not missed. So that's a challenge for us. That's a challenge for all of us. By the way, uh, Fianna Fáil and the Greens still have to get this deal through their parties, through their grassroots, um, and th- those concerned to have a vote are, are going to have to make a big call. They're going to have to decide, do they want to put Fine Gael back in government again? Is is that where they stand? Or are they going to stand with with the, the rest of us and, okay. and work and commit ourselves to a change? They're going to have to make that choice. That hasn't happened yet, so there's still a bit to play out on this. But if it's a thing uh, that we are in opposition and that we are leading the opposition, that I'm the, the leader of the opposition... I can assure you, we will use this that platform for good. We will use that platform for the collective good. And we are not giving up on all of those issues around the pension age, around uh, housing, around the rent. Okay, well, I'll I get to those policies care. very quickly if we, if we can, yeah. right? And, and before I do that as well, Bertie Herm was interviewed and he seemed doubtful, by the way, about this particular coalition. Um, he said that they must listen to the people or it won't last long. By the way, do you believe it'll last I don't know is is the short answer. Um, will Mihal make a good Taoiseach, Willie? Do you think he make a good if Taoiseach? This, if this government is to come into being, um, I, I, my job will be to keep them under uh, immense pressure to use every means and method that we can to get the things delivered for, for the people, things that are absolutely necessary. Um, does, does it suit Sinn Féin better to, sometimes to be in opposition? Uh, no, it doesn't. Um, what suits us best and what will suit us best is when we're in government. That's when we will really get the, the chance and the opportunity and face the challenge as well, by the way, of delivering on the things uh, that we believe in and delivering a new approach. But Mary, so real, realistically, the challenge for the government, or for any government, be it if it was Sinn Féin or Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and Greens, the challenge for any government now is money because we know we have a huge deficit now. We have a huge debt because of COVID-19. That's, that's to add to the debt that we already had. Um, right, so everything has to be spent properly. When you look at the, the programme for government, for example, in relation to transport, they're going to put £360 million, which we were talking about later on, um, in uh, investment into cycling and pedestrians. Is that something you would have... Uh, is that would have been prior on your list? Well, look, I mean, I think transport generally is a priority for all of us. And you're right to say that a lot of money is going to going to need to be spent. We are going to have to invest. Uh, we're going to have to be sure that uh, no government goes back into cutbacks and austerity and laying all of the, the, the pressure on ordinary working families 
um, in light of this crisis. But just bear this in mind. All across the continent, all across the globe, governments are going to have to borrow to invest. That's the best way to get out of this. Cutbacks and austerity will only deepen the recession, deepen the economic crisis and cause huge social damage. So the question is, what's the smart investment of our resources? And I believe and we believe the smart investment is in small and medium sized enterprises, getting people back to work, keeping people safe at work ensuring that people have a stable and a sufficient income stream so low pay is a huge issue right across our economy it needs to be it needs to be dealt with insecure work is a huge issue would you uh, would you, would you right extend the, the wage subsidies for many people whose businesses probably won't open in the in the, you yes, know, the next few months I, I think and and we've said this before and we've had an argument with with the caretaker government on this it is our absolute belief that those supports will have to be extended to the end of the year um, and the reason for that is not because we want these to go on forever or not because we think there's free money. There's clearly no such thing as free money, but because we recognize that it was a, a, absolutely an action of last resort to close the entire economy down. Mm-hmm. And that has caused real, real difficulty. And we have to fight for every job, fight for every business, every enterprise. And we need to support workers okay. and those businesses to come back to life and to to rebuild and reignite our Okay, economy. the other things, of course, is housing. Um, they're promising 50,000 social houses will be provided over the next five years with an emphasis on well, new can bills. Can I tell you about that? Can I tell you about that? Well, I mean, but not, Mary, you, I mean, during the debate, you were promising, uh, I can't remember exactly, was it 80,000 homes at that particular time? No, no, time. no, we're, we're what, what, the, what the country needs, what the state needs, is the biggest public housing scheme in the history of the state to, to, divi- to and I And I agree with you, but the problem housing. is, who's going to build them? Well, listen to this, though. This promise in the programme for government is um, the same figure, the same number of houses that was already promised in the National Development Plan. I mean, the housing section in this document is disastrous. It's a a recipe for more of the same. I'm really very, very concerned about that. There's no specific targets around affordable housing. There's no definition of what an affordable house is. There's absolutely damn all for renters. Um, bar a commitment to consider a study, a kind of an analytical piece from what By the way, why, is. Why has nobody suggested? Um, why has nobody suggested shared ownership? I mean, shared ownership worked back in two thousand and three during the Celtic Tiger for many people yeah. who couldn't afford those ex- you know, crazy prices we were selling houses for, particularly in the likes of Dublin. So why why didn't they? Did somebody or nobody suggested government get involved in shared ownership to give young couples who are working but maybe on forty grand each or something who just can't afford a three hundred fifty thousand pound house? Why does is there no shared ownership schemes. I mean, surely because that would the, be the ideal thing to do. Well, uh, because the better the better uh, answer is to, to have affordable housing schemes. And I mean, it's been done before. We're not, we don't have to reinvent the wheel here. I mean, housing uh, agencies have done this and have delivered really high quality, really, really excellent accommodation at affordable prices. The problem is that the last government, and now it seems if they get their way, the incoming government has not been prepared to invest in that approach. They prefer an approach that lines the pockets of very big developers rather than looking in the first instances to families, to workers and saying, we need to meet the housing needs of our people. People who work very hard, who are up early in the morning, doing their best for their families, living their lives, 
I don't think it's an unrealistic expectation that you can afford to buy a, a home. But they're talking about retrofitting 500,000 houses before 2030. If we can't get people to build houses, I don't know where we're going to get people to retrofit them as well. But anyway, that's a, that's a whole other thing. They talk about direct provision as well, an end to direct yeah. provision and um, replacing it with some, some sort of new international protection accommodation policy. I mean, have you d- discussed direct provision at all or what you would do with it? Yes, we have, and um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they envisage in this document. What it means, I mean, um, it's quite vague, to be honest, are, which isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's vague. I mean, there's been a lot of work done in this area. There's a lot of uh, high level recommendations that need to be introduced. And what we all know is that the current system of direct provision uh, is indefensible, and it has to end. And we need to start the process now of ending it. We need to provide people with own door accommodation. Our view is that that should be done on behalf of the state by um, uh, an NGO, by an arm's length uh, organisation. Um, and we also know ultimately that we have to look at our immigration system and we have to ensure that it's efficient and that you don't have people living in limbo for years and years and then children growing up, literally their entire childhood spent in direct provision. The system has to be efficient. When people present and their case has to be heard fairly in accordance with the right standards and fair procedures and then a decision has to be made one way or the other in a timely fashion. Okay, I'm looking at just some of the text coming in um, and somebody says here, and, and you can respond to this if you want, you're right, the electorate did give Sinn Féin a vote of confidence in the last election to form or to be part of the government. They don't seem to be ready for it. That's why they seem to be quite happy now to be in a comfort zone of confrontational opposition. Um, I, I mean, that's that seems to be the main crux of it. That's what I said to you from the very start. Is and a lot of people had a huge amount of faith in Sinn Fein. They went out and voted for Sinn Fein. You know, I've spoken to you a couple of times, Mary, and I am very fond of Sinn Fein. And I am very fond of you as a president. I think you would make a great T-shirt. And I'm not just uh, doing a bit of brown nosing, as mm. people call it. I do believe that that kind of change uh, would be interesting to see. But people believe you didn't fight first. That you didn't fight hard enough. They didn't hear enough of you. Now I know you, you've had a few public appearances and a few public interviews and stuff like that but that maybe there could have been more done well look um the the work has been done so just to to say that the numbers didn't fall our way unfortunately um and i could give you um a hundred examples and reasons why we've ended up at the place that we're at but i accept absolutely it is my job and my duty to ensure that we get a government for change such as the people voted for last time around. And I am determined to do that. I am not happy that we would rest on our laurels. On the must, I'm anyway, not happy is anyone, an understatement. You must be knows, gutted. I know, I know you're, not, you're not making that assertion, but I just want to make it clear to your, to your listeners. Anybody who knows me, has had any contact with me, or ever worked with me in any capacity in the course of my life, will know I am not one for sitting back and, you know, sitting on my lives. That's not my style. There's big work that needs to be done. A big job needs to be done to to build our society and to correct a huge amount of the faults in it. I want us to lead that. I want people not to lose the belief that that can happen because it can. And bear this in mind, Sinn Féin is a strong political force right across the island. We have actually affected a small bit of history in that Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael have been forced into government together. Tweedledum and Tweedledee, as we affectionately have called them uh, in the past. That's I've heard other names, by the way. Insignificant, <laughs> yeah. insignificant event. And the reason that has happened 
is because the mandate for change for Sinn Féin and others, by the way, was so strong that Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael felt that they had nowhere else to go. And they've made the choice themselves to try and hang on to the way things are instead of letting others in, allowing others in, working with others to allow the change to happen. And, I, and by the way, just on a final note... It provides them time, okay. but it's not, they're not going to stop the change. They may, have, they may have slowed it down, but they're not going to stop it. Okay, the final note, of course, this would have been, uh, as Sky News called him, Mihole Martin's uh, final opportunity. Uh, by the way, that wasn't me, that was Sky News last night. That's how they referred to him as Mihole Martin. Um, oh, his final, I know, um, as his final opportunity to become Taoiseach. Do you think he'll do a good job? Is he a good statesman? I, I just think that, um, you know, the captain of the team is, I suppose, as good as the team around them. And I, I just think the the same old, same old, same is not is not what we we, we need. And I, I say that with no personal rancour in respect uh, of Hall. I'm sure his family and those close to him will be delighted that he finally gets to be uh, Taoiseach. But that's not what this is about. This this is about Ireland. This is about the country. This is about our future at a very critical time where the challenges are big and the opportunities are even bigger. And no, Micheál Martin is not the person to be Taoiseach in that scenario. And a Fianna Fáil Fine Gael government is not the right government for us. Um, at all right. this time at all at all alright well listen I wish you well thank you very much indeed Sinn Féin so President Mary Lou MacDonald thanks for coming on the air Real People Real Opinions Real Talk Radio The Multi Award Winning Niall Boylan Show Classic Hits